I, uh, we're dealing with family matters, and this is the last night of family matters. I pray that you have been blessed throughout this entire month. I really pray that you have been blessed this entire month. We know our, our young people and a lot of our young adults are back in Mitchell Center just having a great time back there, so that's wonderful. I ask that you be safe this weekend, all right, church? Be safe. Please be safe this weekend. Uh, so in your neighborhoods, your homes, and pray over your children, your grandchildren. You know, some of you may have children or grandchildren uh, that go out and trick-or-treat and do all those different things like that. Uh, so pray over them. Pray over them because we know crazy things and have happened down through the years uh, over this weekend, and our world is, is not getting any better. So uh, we can expect crazier things to happen. If you don't have safeguards put up in your home, it's good to have safeguards, okay? That's why we do things like this, to give our children another option in a safe place to be able to come and have fun, you know, instead of do all the things out in the world. So they can at least say we've done something and have some fun with each other. Amen? So, we, so it takes the place of that day that y'all call Halloween. So, um, so yeah, so just, just continue to keep everyone in prayer, and uh, let's just be safe this weekend, okay? Be safe. Pray over your children and uh, your loved ones. But today is the last day we'll be dealing with family matters. So today I'm going to be speaking on the church family, and I'm going to be speaking on the spiritual authority in the church, all right? Spiritual authority in the church because the church has order. The church has an order, and we're going to be going through that order here and having a better understanding. So let's start out in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. We're going to start reading from verse number 1. And I want you to have a bookmarker uh, or basically just get ready to flip over to Daniel chapter number 10. All right, so kind of flip through that Bible and place a little marker there in Daniel chapter number 10. We're going to go there next. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Paul speaking here to the Corinthian church, letting them know to be a follower or an imitator. That's what a follower is. It's an imitator. Be a follower of me, but he said, do it as I follow Christ. I want to pause here because I could really take this whole next 30, 40 minutes and teach just on this one scripture. But here's the crutch of this scripture that is very important, all right? You don't get anything. I want you to get a couple points, and this is one of them here tonight. That is, always look to Jesus and not man. I'm going to say that again because some of you need to write that down because it is that important. Always look to Jesus and not man. If there's anything I can teach you, there's a few principles I want to teach today. That's the number one principle. Always look to Jesus and not man. Because too many of us, I'm just going to say us, I'm going to throw myself in that category as well. Look to men and not Jesus. We can sit here and I can stand here and say, oh no, I, I look to Jesus in all things. I guarantee you if we were to search your history, that at some point you was looking to man and not Jesus. There have been too many people that have fallen away because of man. I was taught a long time ago, man will fail you every single time. Man will always fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. So always look to Jesus and not man. Can I take it a step further? 
that means do not put me on some kind of pedestal to where if I fall off that pedestal, you stop believing in Jesus Christ. Don't put me on a pedestal. Don't put me up above any other person. I am a man. I'm going to say that again. I am a man. I have flesh. I fight with different battles and different things just like the normal man. I have desires that I need to get rid of. I have things in my life that I need to push to the side, not just suppress but cut the head off that thing and allow the Lord to work on my heart. But Jesus, he'll never fail you. He'll never do you wrong. The scripture says he will never leave you nor forsake you. Man will do both. Amen. That's right. Come on now. You gotta get, come on. Don't, don't. Give me the word. Give me the word. Give me the word. Be ye followers of me even as I also am of Christ. He said, don't you follow me if I'm not following him. You see that? I've got to be Christ-like, following after him. We have a lot of people following after man because they like the man more than Jesus. And it's the blind leading the blind. They're both falling into a ditch. Amen. Amen. I, 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 I told you, I can spend a lot of time on this. See, I, I appreciate the fact that... Uh, People in this church and, and, and others appreciate me. Thank you, Brother Robinson, for your teaching. Thank you, Brother Robinson, for your preaching. Or thank you, Brother Robinson, for your leadership. And I appreciate that. Thank you. But that's as far as it should go. That's as far as it should go. Other than that, don't elevate me. Don't do it. If you elevate anybody, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And then you go to him and say, Lord, I pray for my pastor. I pray for my leader. Help him, Lord, not to fall. Help him, Lord, not to falter. Help him, Lord, to stay pure. Help him, Lord, to be a good example. Help him. Help him, Lord, that he'll continue to do the right thing, say the right thing, act the right way. Help him, Lord, if he's offended anybody, help him, God, to reconcile and get it right. Help him, Lord, to be the man in this city that we need to draw other people. Not be the one that gets all high and mighty and then he's out fornicating and having adultery and, and doing this and doing that and sleeping with all these women. God, help him. Yeah, see, y'all get quiet on that stuff, but that stuff happens. There's preachers and teachers out there doing all kind of mess, standing in platforms and people still, oh, that's my pastor. The devil is alive. You can't follow someone. No, uh-uh. We look to Jesus. Well, let's go to verse number two. <laughs> now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the, somebody say ordinances. Uh -huh, that word is going to be very important today. Keep the ordinances as I deliver them to you. But he says, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. See, the same quest for order and structure is also modeled in the spirit world and in the church. There is order in the church. There's also order in the spirit. So let's go to Daniel chapter number 10. We're going to see this very clearly. Daniel chapter number 10. 
verse number one, the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed. A thing is a message, all right? That's what a thing is. A thing is a message. A thing was revealed, or a message was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar. And the thing, the message was true, but the time appointed was long. See, we dealt with this in our noonday Bible class today, for those that were here. See, the Lord can give you a word, and when the Lord gives you a word, it's true. It's true. But when God gives you a word, it's set for an appointed time. So when God speaks, it may not be for that moment. When God speaks, it's going to come to pass, but it's for an appointed time. So the scripture says the thing was true, the message was true, but the time appointed was long. All right? So it's, understand, it's, it's, it's for us to understand that we pray that God gives us understanding because the next part says, and he understood the thing. You see that? He understood the message and had understanding of the vision. So he knew it was going to come to pass, but he knew this was something that was going to take a while for it to come to pass. Because there's nothing like receiving a word from God, but not having understanding of it completely, because that's when frustration can kick in. Especially when you think it should be happening right now. And when you don't receive it right now, and then months, even years go by, but see, it could be for a time. A long time when you are to receive that because the Lord knows when it's your appointed time to receive exactly what belongs to you because you can receive something that belongs to you too fast and you're not ready for it. Amen. And then there's some things because it's our fault. It's delayed when we receive it. Amen. But that's our fault. Because God can give us a word here and say this is when we're supposed to receive it. Well, if we stay in the will of God, we can receive that thing exactly when we're supposed to. But because of our ways and our mistakes and our flesh, we start going like this. Uh-huh. And then, wait, let me turn around. So we've delayed four, five, seven years when God planned to give it to you in one year. Somebody say, Lord, work on me. Verse number two, it says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the fourth and twentieth day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river, which is Hadekel. I've heard it pronounced Hidekel. Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphus. His body also was like the burl and his face as the appearance of lightning and his eyes as lamps of fire and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass and the voice of his words were like voice, like the voice of a multitude. So this, this, this is what's taking place. This angel that is beside him is a very powerful angel. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the men that were with me, saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide, the, hide themselves. Verse number eight, therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision and there remained no strength in me for my comeliness was turned in me into corruption and I retained no strength. 
Yet, somebody say yet. Yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face and my face towards the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright. For unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days below the hierarchy. Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. See, we see that there is a model here or order or structure even in the spirit world. See, when you begin to profess things, claim things, or even pray about things, there's a war that's taking place in the spirit. There's a war that's taking place. So we must understand that, that there is even order in the world, in the church, and there's also order in the spirit world. So let's look at Ephesians chapter number 4, verse, starting at verse number 11. The scripture says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, until unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It says that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But it says... But speaking the truth in love may grow, somebody say grow up. May grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now notice verse number 14 says that we be no more children. Notice verse number 15 says we need to grow up. Now it's interesting here because if we go to chapter number 5, go to chapter number 5. Let's look at verse number 1. Chapter number 5, verse number 1 says, be ye followers of God as dear children. Now, chapter number four says that we don't be children, but chapter number five says we are to be children. Now, look at this now, because in verse number four, excuse me, in chapter number four, it's talking how we should not be children that are tossed to and fro. But in chapter number five is saying that we are to be followers of God as dear children, that we are to approach him and believe in him as a child would come to him. But once we come to him with that childlike mentality, we are not to remain a child. Once we come to him with a childlike mentality, now it's time for us to grow up so that we can be mature, so that we're not tossed to and fro like a small little child. See, too many, of, too many people, too many believers, too many children of God come to him as that dear child, and they stay a child. 
And then we wonder why we're being tossed here, we're being tossed there, we believe this and we be believe that, and then there's no stability in our walk with God. In order for us to be stable in our walk with God, we come to him as a child, but we don't remain a child. That's why the scripture says, I once was a child, but now what? <laughs> what? That's right. He grew up. But now I'm a man. I put away those childish things. That's the important thing when it comes to understanding this scripture. Each of these offices, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, are all given by God to provide government and direction to the church. All these things are there for spiritual authority in the church. So just as an orderly home provides the best atmosphere for children to grow and mature, so an orderly church provides an atmosphere where believers can grow and mature. This can only happen when there is structure or the structure ordered in the church and God's word provides the blueprint for this order. It talks about perfecting the saints. It talks about the work of the ministry, edifying the body, and then also it speaks of how we are to do this until we are unified or knowledgeable or matured body that is worthy of the head, which is Christ. The scripture lets us know that we are to no longer be childish, unsecured, and deceivable. The very best environment for your spiritual health and growth is one in which you follow those who God has set in leadership as they follow the leadership structure to which they are accountable. But all together, we then follow the Lord Jesus Christ and the principles taught in his word. It is important for us to be able to walk in spiritual authority. You must be under spiritual authority. That is the second principle there. If you want to be able to walk in spiritual authority, you have to be under spiritual authority. See, there's some people that do not want to be under authority, but they want to walk in authority. It will never happen. It will never happen, and at least God smile upon that, and he be pleased with that. See, you cannot walk in authority and expect God to do things and answer things and allow doors to be open if you're not willing to submit yourself and be under authority. Amen. This is very, very true. And it's, it's important to have that environment here in the church. It's important to have that type of family environment in the church. To where there's no one ever saying, well, this is what I think we should do. Well, this is what I believe we should do. And this is what I think should, should be done. Those things can happen for a healthy family. That can't happen in a natural home. The husband and wife will never be on the same page. They will always be in contention if they're always saying, well, I think we should do this. Well, I think we should do this. And nobody submits. It's important to have the same authority in the church, the ordinances in the church. That's important. So we must be under authority, and then God will continue to give you authority in the spirit to be able to control the things. Let me, get, let me make this very plain. There are many people that suffer with demonic spirits, whether they believe it or know it or not. They suffer with demonic spirits. They suffer with types of depression. They suffer with types of anxiety. They suffer with all these types of illnesses within their home, on their job, different things that they go through, and they don't even realize how and where it's coming from. Okay? 
they, they're having a hard time pinpointing how and where is this coming from. I challenge you to look at, are you under submission? Are you under submission? Because God will not honor someone that's trying to take authority over a spirit, and you're not under authority. Because there's order. There's order. There's order. And so you, you, you have to be careful when it comes to the things that are happening in your home and in your life and why things aren't getting done in the manner that you think they ought to get done. You have to examine yourself. And the one area that we do not want to examine ourselves in is submission, is being under authority. We don't like examining ourselves in that department because many people do not like being told what to do. And here's the thing. It's not even about being told what to do. It's being willing to listen. It's being willing to listen. Amen. Every man is right. Where? In his own eyes. Being willing to listen. Because, you know, you can hear someone, but you, you, ain't, you ain't listening. Yeah, I, I heard what you said. Yeah, I, I hear you. You ain't listening, though. You're not going to take that advice and then apply it. And see, you can't tell me if you have a hard time submitting and taking the advice of a spiritual authority that you're willing to submit and take the advice of the spirit authority that lives on the inside of you. Amen. Ooh, y'all want me to get back to these notes, don't y'all? That's what y'all want me to move on, don't y'all? Yeah, y'all do. Don't lie to me. Listen, I know this is hard. It's my responsibility. I got to teach this stuff because I'm trying to help somebody here today. I'm telling I'm because what I'm teaching, see, whether you realize it or not, this is how we overcome. This is how you have deliverance. This is how you have healing. This is how you have breakthroughs. This is how you have breakthroughs in your life, in your family, in your home, deliverance in your mind. This is how you have breakthroughs. You have to examine, am I willing to submit? Am I willing to listen? Am I willing to be under authority? Amen. It's amazing how we would submit, even though we don't like it, to get a paycheck. What, 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 what Mike Madrid tell me to do? What, what, I ain't sweeping nothing. What he got me doing? And I'm just picking on him because he's a business owner. You know, what, 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 what Madrid? I ain't doing that. He mustn't read my resume. Oh, what you gonna pay me? Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, he threw an extra dollar on there. You just, you the happiest sweeper in the whole world. You cleaning everything, boy. You actually, come check my work. Uh-huh. It's the truth. You can't walk in spiritual authority without being under authority. Let me make this very clear to you how your salvation rides on this. You cannot do it and be in the will of God. Because here's the scary part, is that God is so merciful and so loving because he honors his word that when you begin to do things or say something and it comes to pass, 
You're not submissive. You're not under authority. But yet you do something in the spirit and it happens. You pray a prayer. You lay hands. You rebuke. You bind. You speak and it happens. See, here's where the misconception is because God honors his word. And if you do something according to his word, it's going to happen even if you're walking in disobedience. But see, that's when we get to the end time. That's when you get to stand or sit or kneel, like most of us probably will be, before the judgment seat. And they're saying, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. I did this in your name. I did this in your name. And Jesus says, I didn't know you. I didn't know you. You worker of iniquity. I didn't know you. Because he desires a relationship. That's what he desires. He desires a relationship. And see, when you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not on the same ground. No, it takes submissiveness. It takes humility. You have to understand he's a greater power. He's a greater authority. And we must listen to his word whether we like it or not. And when we can submit ourselves to him, that's when he gives us greater authority over the things that are haunting us and fighting us and the demonic spirits that we're fighting each and every day. Why can't I overcome? Submit. Why can't I get a breakthrough? Submit. I'm telling you, it will work. Somebody say amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord just for a moment. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Romans chapter number 8, verse number 13. Well, if you don't have your Bibles, you... Romans chapter number 8, verse number 13. If you have that, say amen. It says, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit, listen, listen, listen at the language of the Bible. It says, but if you through the spirit do mortify. Mortify means to embarrassment, cause embarrassment, cause shame, cause humiliation. That's what mortify means. So if you through the spirit do cause embarrassment, cause shame, cause humiliation, the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit, they're the sons of God. You see that? Notice the scripture says many that are led by the spirit. He says, those are my children right there. So he's, brother, you, you preaching my message over here. You, <laughs> you, you, you ready, you ready, aren't you? You done got me off track now. Well, led by the Spirit, thank you, thank you. Many that are led by the Spirit. So that helps me to understand you can possess the Spirit, but if you don't obey the Spirit, he doesn't consider you a son or daughter. Woo. You see that? That's Bible. That's why the scripture tells us not to quench the spirit. Amen. Don't quench it. If the spirit of God is leading you and guiding you in a certain direction, you got you to gotta submit yourself. You got to be obedient to this. Church, I'm speaking about spiritual authority right now. I'm telling you. I, I'm trying to teach you and teach us, including myself, where we don't feel like our prayers are hitting the ceiling submission where we don't feel like we're not gaining ground submit we don't feel like we're moving forward submit 
submit. That's what it takes. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you became a new creature. That's why 2 Corinthians, you don't have to go here. I want you to go to Romans chapter number 6. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The Bible says old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you are in Christ, you'll be a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Whereas you were formerly the servant of sin, you have now become the servant of righteousness. The Bible says in Romans chapter number six, verse starting at verse number six, it says, knowing this, let me pause for a second. Romans chapter six, verse number six. You have it? Say amen. amen. All right. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. He ain't coming back and doing it again. He's already done it once. He's done. He's already told it. He's already said once out of his mouth, if this cup can pass from me, <laughs> please let it happen. He's not going back through it again. He said, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it says in verse number 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. What are your instruments? Your senses. Every sense you have. Your eyes, your ears, your touch, smell. What am I missing? Taste. All that. Don't, none of your members, none of your body parts as instruments of unrighteousness. But he says, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. That's why every time we come to the house of the Lord, we ought to use whatever instruments have strength to lift up the name of Jesus. That's why I lift my hands. That's why I clap them. That's why I stump my feet. That's why I wave my hand. Because I want to use my instruments of righteousness unto God, as instruments of righteousness unto God. Remember up in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 14, we mentioned, for as many are as led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. See, God gave us the Holy Ghost to act as a divine guidance system in our life. Whether you know it or believe it or not, the Holy Ghost is more than speaking in tongues. I, I'm thankful for my upbringing now, and because I was around people and individuals that put all the emphasis on speaking in tongues and zero emphasis on lifestyle. Lord, fill them with the Holy Ghost. Get it the Holy Ghost. And then once they get the Holy Ghost, 
There's no training and teaching on lifestyle. That's a problem. And then I hear people, those same people, okay? I'm not talking about here. Those same individuals that will get mad when they don't stay, when they don't stick. Saying, well, they must not got it like I got it. No. You were raised in it, so therefore you had some sense and some sort of understanding about it. That person knew nothing about it, but yet when they received the Holy Ghost, you expect them to jump in the same way, same path, same understanding that you have. Not going to happen. You've got to take the time to teach them. Because the Holy Ghost is more than speaking in tongues. I've got about 80% of you. I'm going to win the other 20%. Because this is important. It's more than, no, that's the initial evidence. That's the sign to let you know, oh, God's there. It's not just goosebumps. It's not just a feeling, oh, no, he's in me. Because I know what just came out of me didn't come from my flesh. That had to come from the spirit. Hallelujah. And it's real. And if you've never experienced it here, you can experience it today. I'm telling you, it's real. It's real. It's real. That's, That's the evidence of it of his spirit, but then there are fruits that should bear because of that spirit that's on the inside of you. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. It's got to be taught. It's got to be taught. And we, the church, have a responsibility. Yes, the Holy Ghost will lead and guide. Yes, it will but there's also a responsibility on the people of God that we have to be an example as Jesus was an example. How? In word and in deed. We cannot be an example just in word and not in deed. Can't work, won't happen. Hypocrites. Amen? We must have both to teach and show that example. So it is important to have that understanding that the spirit that is on the inside of you is a guide. It's an instructor. It will lead you. The Bible says all truth. It will help you. Yes, it will. It will the Bible says even when you don't know what to pray, you can begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost helps your infirmities, the scripture says. Infirmities means weaknesses. It will help you out in your deficiencies. In the areas that you need help in, the Holy Ghost is there. The Spirit of God is there to help you in areas that you need help in. That's why we believe and trust in the Holy Ghost. That's why we preach the Holy Ghost so much. It's not all about the one-time experience. It's about the lifetime experience. (laughs) Amen. That's why I can say this joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world cannot take it away. Because I wake up like this. I'm talking about happy, y'all. I ain't talking about my looks. Maybe my wife can help me out in that category. She wakes up like that, praise God. I wake up like this. 
That doesn't mean I don't have bad days. That doesn't mean I don't have uh, uh, some, some stress and some worry. It doesn't mean that I don't have times where I'm in that valley. No, that, that doesn't mean that. It just means I can just continue to look up. <laughs> I continue to trust. Even when I'm going through the roughest times of my life, the spirit that's in me will begin to stir up and say, I never leave you. I never forsake you. I've been there the entire time. What makes you think I'm going to leave you now? I'm going to bring you out of this valley, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why we teach and preach Holy Ghost. Because of the lifestyle. Amen. The speaking in tongues is just the evidence of. But the fruits, the lifestyle, is the leading of the spirit. That is the changing that takes place in your life because of the spirit. Amen. It will change your thoughts. Yes, it will. The way you used to think. You don't think like that no more. The way you used to identify yourself, you don't identify yourself like that no more. You view yourself differently. You think of yourself differently. That's right. That's what the Holy Ghost does. That's right. It will help you in every area of life. That's why we preach it so much. That's why we teach it so much. That's why we get excited when someone gets filled with it. That's why. Because we know your life is about to change. You, 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 it's about to change. It's about to change. We, we get so excited because we know what's going to take place in our life. The fruits that are going to be bared from them. And so, church, we must put equal emphasis on both. Yes, they must speak in tongues. Yes. Do you have to speak in tongues in order to have the Holy Ghost? Yes. It's Bible. And because of time, I'm not going to go deep, deep into it. It's Bible. It's Bible. Amen. So you can, you can see it all throughout Scripture. Read the book of John, chapter number 3. Just, 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 just go home and read it. Read Acts chapter number one and two. Let me just keep on going. Yes, you must, you must speak in tongues. That's the evidence of the Holy Ghost. And then there's a lifestyle that you must live because we also preach and teach what the Bible says that there is not eternal salvation. That's Bible. It's not one save, always save. No, there's a lifestyle. But the Spirit helps us. The Holy Ghost helps and guides us so that we come out of sin. That's why the scripture says old things. What are the old things? Old lifestyle, old ways, old sins, old habits. Those things pass away. Those things pass away. Because the spirit helps us. Think about it. The scripture says that we become a new creature. Now I want you to think about that now. That we become a new creature. That means we take on a whole new identity. So if you take on a whole new identity, that means your ways should not mimic the old identity's ways. New identity, new ways. God gave us the Holy Ghost to act as a divine guidance system in your life. Let's move on. Let's go to John chapter number 16, verse number 12. 
John 16, verse number 12. John chapter 16, verse number 12. Amen. It's up on the screen there. You'll see it. It says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, how be it when he, the spirit, somebody say capital S. Oh, yeah, I like teaching on capital S and lowercase s's. The spirit, capital S, God. The spirit, God. Truth, God. The spirit of truth is come. He will guide you, listen to that, into all truth. What spirit is he talking about coming? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God? Yes, it is. Is it all of God? No. Only Jesus had all of God. Only Jesus had all of God. But the scripture says that in the last days he will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. That means me. I will pour out of me upon all flesh. I will pour out of me. He didn't say I will pour all of me. He said I will pour out of, out of me upon all flesh. So he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. Now listen to this now. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Meaning that God will never contradict himself. All right? So if God, if, if the spirit is speaking truth to you, it won't contradict this. If it contradicts this, it's not the spirit of truth then. Amen. The, the scripture says, how be it when the spirit of truth comes, speaking of the Holy Ghost, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Meaning, he won't contradict himself because he's truth. And if, the, if, the, if it's the spirit of truth, and if it's true, it won't contradict this. But if it's contradicting this, it wasn't the spirit of truth then. It didn't come from God. It didn't come from him. So we must be careful when it comes to listening to things and listening to people and even voices that come to us thinking that could this be God or could it not be God. The first measure that you should always measure it up against is his word. Always measure it with his word. If it contradicts his word, it's not of God. Don't even entertain it. Get rid of it. Bind it, rebuke it, don't even think about it ever again. Amen? That is very true. We have people getting caught up in relationships, people getting caught up in activities, people getting caught up in all kind of things saying, well, I believe God told me to do it, but it contradicts his word. If God says to not do something, but you feel like God is leading you into that area, that's not God then. That's not God. Well, I feel, I feel it in my spirit. Yeah, your spirit. <laughs> not his spirit. I just feel it so strong, Pastor. Well, you need to get rid of that strong feeling. That's what we need to pray about. Because that strong feeling is going to send you the wrong direction. Because it's you. It's all you. It's not him. But my gut. No, you hungry. You need a Snickers. 
Some of y'all seen that commercial. Don't, don't act like you ain't seen it. The Holy Ghost, let me, let me wrap up. I need to, the Holy Ghost is Christ in you. If Christ is in you, he is not there as a silent partner in your life. He will direct you. He will check you. He will guide you. He will encourage you. And he will instruct you. Remember that you will never receive any direction from the Holy Spirit that will contradict what is written in the Bible. For the Bible says in John chapter 1, we'll start reading at verse number 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and that Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the word was made flesh in verse number 14, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So God is a spirit. Jesus is God. Jesus is the word made flesh. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you and I. It is totally impossible for anyone to ever receive any direction from the Holy Spirit that in any way contradicts what is written in the word because the spirit and the word are God. They are one and the same. First John Chapter number five, verse number seven. The Bible says, for there are three that bear record in heaven. What are these three? The Father. Well, who's the Father? The Father is God. That's who the Father is. It's God. The Father is God. We have one Father who's above all, through all, and in you all. The Word. Well, we just found out what the Word was in John chapter one, verse number one. The Word is God. What's the Holy Ghost? God is the giver of the Holy Ghost. So that's why you see the colon, and after the colon, it explains what the Father, Word, and Holy Ghost represent. These three are one. They're one. Not one and three separate, but these three are just one. I've taught on this before, and I want to hit on this as I close. Ephesians chapter number 6. This is where I'm going to end. Ephesians chapter 6. Church, somebody say submission. Before I read Ephesians 6, Holy Ghost just prompted me to say something that I've been, that he's been dealing with me about. So I'm going to share it with you. I wasn't going to share it. But there is a hmm, feel the Holy Ghost. There is a a strong spiritual power that is waiting to be unleashed. In this church. God's been dealing with me about it now for the last 
I want to say three weeks, but to be on the safe side, I'm going to say two weeks to not over overshoot it. Last few weeks, uh, the Lord's been dealing with me about this, that there's a strong spiritual force power that's just waiting to be unleashed in many individuals in this church. That the Lord's been dealing with me that many people in this church have been praying. It's almost as if you're being, you feel held down or held back or, and, and it's not being held down or back because someone holding you down or back or you feel like someone is pushing you down or back. But you feel like you're being held down or back just based off of not really knowing what to do. Or should I do it? Can I do it? Timing of when. And I begin to think about this and I begin to pray because the Lord began to deal with me and say that there is going to be, and the word literally came to my mind, unleashing, an unleashing of just spiritual power that's going to take place in many individuals that are here today, many that are right here today. Literally, there's going to be an unleashing. And how God was showing me and dealing with me in this area was, was that that unleashing will only take place when the people fully, two things, commit, submit. Commit and submit. Now, I was curious in that because I said, well, Lord, now, what, what do you mean by commit? The submit part, I, 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 I understand that. I, I understand the submit part. Because my mind immediately went to committing, committing to the church. That's, that's where my mind went to, committing to the church. And so the Lord said, no, I'm not talking about committing to the church. The people who I'm referring to, they love the church. They love coming to God's house. He said, they must commit in their worship. And I said, my, God, my goodness, really? He said, yeah. I said, well, what, talk to me, God. What, what, what do you mean? What, what are you saying committing in their worship? And then that's when he moved on to submission. He said, because when the people that I'm going to move upon and begin to deal with when it comes to just unleashing a spiritual power and authority to where we're going to see many miraculous things take place. I'm talking about outside these four walls. People of God, if there's any type of hesitancy that is happening in your life right now, I come against that spirit in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you that the same power and unction and anointing and boldness that we operate in at the level that we operate in on a Sunday or a Wednesday, God is saying, I want that to be unleashed every day in your life. I want it to be unleashed every day in your life. To where at any moment you believe at any time, this is where we have to commit to the submission. Commit to the submission. At any moment, at any time, you submit your will to my will and watch what God does at home. Watch what God does in your neighborhood. Watch what God does in your family. Watch what God does with your loved ones 
just talking over the phone with somebody. God began to, sh- begin to reveal to me how there's going to be people in this church talking on the phone to loved ones, praying a prayer of faith. God moves instantly. Healing comes in their body. Instant healing just comes in their body. Just talking over the phone. You don't even have to be next to them, laying hands on them. Just by faith, you're committing to the submission. Not your will, his will. Not what you believe. No, 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 not your flesh. You trust him fully in him. God said there's going to be just an unleashing that takes place. And I said, my goodness, Lord. I said, well, Lord, what, 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 what do I need to do? What should I do? What do I do? You know, Sister Holmes, he gave me an answer that, that blew my mind because it was so simple. It was, it was, it was, it was something that was so simple. And I said, well, Lord, what, what do I need to do? Leader, as a pastor, is there anything specific I need to teach on, hit on, be example? Do I need to talk about this? What, what do I need to say? He said, no. Just wait. <laughs> he said, wait. But see, Sister Holmes, see, you don't know me like God knows me. See, he knows me better than I know myself. And see, he knows Eddie Robinson, that when I receive a word, Brother Stevenson, oh, I'm ready for those things to happen today. I'm ready to hop on. You know those one calls I used to send out all the time during the quarantine? I was going to send out a one call. I want everybody that's listening to me right now, call somebody that's sick, pray for them. See, see, Brother Pruitt, he knows me. He knows me. He said, wait, see, what he was speaking into my spirit was, I'm going to do this. Let let me do it. Let me do it. Because there's nothing that you can say or do special that I can't take care of. You see that? See, 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 the Eddie Robinson, the anxious Eddie Robinson, wants to just get out ahead of it. Let's, uh, let's, let's do it, Lord. Let's see it right now. I've got a few people I can think of right now. Wait. Just, you just, just calm down, son. Just, 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 just wait. And I said, yes, Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because when God speaks, he speaks it into eternity. And then he takes his word that is eternal and he puts it in time for us. And then when that word that is placed in time is set for an appointed time. See, it may tarry, but we just got to wait on it. But when it comes, Brother Norrison, it will not tarry. Because when it shows up, that word will show up. And when it shows up, it's going to explode. And when it shows up, it's going to blow our minds. And then that word, that prophecy, that word will speak for itself. That's what the Bible says. It will speak for itself to where when we see it, we'll say, that's the word that God gave us many months ago. That's the word that God promised us many years ago. It's happening. It's it's coming to pass. Amen. So just for a moment, come on, lift our hands toward heaven. God, I speak over your people right now. Lord, I pray for no hesitancy. God, I pray for those, oh Lord, 
in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that there may be an unleashing in their spirit, God. Help them, Lord, right now to walk in authority. Help them, Lord, right now to walk in abundance of your spirit, God. To walk in belief, to walk in trust. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's turn this atmosphere into an atmosphere of worship right now. In the name of Jesus right now, God, speak to your people, Lord. Move upon the hearers, oh God. Help us, oh Lord, right now. Move upon our hearts, move upon our minds right now. I speak an unleashing in their spirit. Help them, Lord, never to stop believing and trusting in you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Ah, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Ah, let's clap our hands unto the Lord and magnify him. Amen. Hallelujah. So whoever I was talking to and speaking to in that moment, just get ready, be ready, don't be hesitant, and in the meantime, worship. Because when the time comes, that's not, it's, not, it's not our business. It's, it's in God's hands. It's in God's hands. But don't, don't stop believing. Don't lose the faith. Amen. And don't think you can't do it because you don't deserve. No, it's not about what you deserve or not deserve. It's the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ. That's what that is. Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, church, just get ready. All right? I'm telling you. What the Lord is dealing with me about and what he's showing me is not just within these four walls. God said, no, there's about to be an unleashing outside the four walls. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Huh? I'm telling you. I I'm telling you. In the name of Jesus. Ah, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Ah, Jesus' name. Because there's going to be some, you can't get them here fast enough. You know, the day we're like, come on, come to church, come to church. Come, let me just get you in the atmosphere. There's going to be some you can't get into the atmosphere. But you create the atmosphere right there. Because we're two are just gathered together right there. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Just two of you. It's two of you. That's it. Just two of you believing. Watch the unleashing. It's going to unleash, I'm telling you. In Jesus' name. Ah. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, colon, for this is right. Okay, what's right? Obedience. Let's go back to verse number 1, please. What's right? Obedience is. Who? Your parents. How? In the Lord. What's right? Obedience is right. Who we are obeying? Our parents. But how do we obey them? In the Lord. I'm going to say that again. What's right? Obedience. Who do we obey? Our parents. How do we obey them? In the Lord. So it's right to obey. It's right to obey our parents, but in the Lord. So if the parents aren't in the Lord, 
You don't obey that because that's not right. Um, Maybe I should have started out with Ephesians 6.1. What's right? Obedience. Who do we obey? Our parents. How do we obey? In the Lord. So if they're not guiding in the Lord, if the leadership is not guiding in the Lord, you don't obey that. If the leadership, if the parental, if the guidance is not in the Lord, you don't obey that. But I thought the scripture said we had to obey. Oh, no, 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 no. This is what you have to do. Verse number two, honor thy father and thy mother. Two different things. Two different things. Two different things. This is what we got to do. We ought to honor thy father and thy mother. So regardless if they're heathens, if they're somebody that you just can't stand because of the lifestyle they live, you still honor them. Maybe I need to teach this next Wednesday with the kids in here. Amen. See, see, we still give them honor, but we don't obey if it's not in the Lord because that's the right thing to do. So if they're leading us and guiding us the wrong direction, and we feel like, well, I've got to obey because the Bible says it. No, the Bible says to obey in the Lord. But we are to give honor, though. We don't disrespect. We don't call them out of their name. We don't cuss them out. We don't go off on them. No, we give honor to the father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. Why? Verse number three, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayst live long on the earth. Now, I taught this concept in closing. I talked this concept before I'm going to end with this. As we have already learned, God is our Father. The church is what? Put Ephesians 6 1 up there. Children, obey your parents. Who's our Father? God. The church is the representation of what? The mother. Amen? So we have the Father, God, the Spirit dwells in you. Father, God, Mother, Church, Parents. What's right? Obey. Who do we obey? Our parents. And we do it in the Lord. Amen? So the scripture commands us to obey our parents in the Lord. This refers to God, our father, and the church, our mother. We obey God through the teaching of his word and the prompting of his spirit. We obey the church through submission to the teachings of the church. This is how we bring our lives into obedience to spiritual authority. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord. God, we thank you, Lord.